Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey there, everybody. My name is Pete, and this is Questionable Return still. I am alone, but don't worry. I'm going to take good care of all of you. So, the guys have decided to, well, Mike... He's had a crazy couple weeks. He is working late. And Andy is out tonight because he uh, he was uh, obviously left us last week, last uh, episode, on a plane. So he went and celebrated a very important day in, in, a, in a family member's life. Um, I believe in the, on the East Coast. So, yeah, that was a... Nice thing for him to go there and celebrate that for the last couple of days. He just got back, I believe, yesterday, which was Tuesday, and he is pretty exhausted after coaching, of course, our son's baseball team, Jamison and Trenton's baseball team, uh, to a 20-5 to loss. It was a rough game, I hear, but a lot of work to do still early in the season, so hopefully they... They learn and get better from from that game, and and um, yeah, we'll see what happens. So there's a couple topics that we that I have to talk about tonight, and a couple important topics, obviously. I just got done watching the I don't know the the Bucks demolish the Celtics in Game Five. And uh, I just have to say, you know nothing, Paul Pierce. Um, so <laughs> I did uh, post a graphic out there on Twitter and uh, Facebook. Follow us at, at Q2Return, of course, on Twitter. Questionable Return on Facebook. But, yeah, I do have to get into that. I will talk about that in a little bit, of course. Our brewers are uh, actually streaking. They've gone streaking, finally. Um, they won... They won one, they won two, and as we all call it, when you win three, when you win three in a row, that's uh, called a winning streak. And uh, they swept the Mets, and they swept the Nationals uh, ending today. So um, my attention's mostly been on on the Bucks, of course. So I'll, I'll hit on the Brewers a little bit. Of course, hit on the Bucks uh, a lot of bit. Um, I might talk a little bit of Game of Thrones. And... Uh, I have to throw in a little bit of personal stuff as as I start off. So just kind of want to get into, I uh, am at a conference right now for graphics design. I am a graphics designer, and I've, um, I've, I've headed to conferences before, but they were with my team, and, and they were more for the co- type of company I work for. I, I work for a school district, so... Uh, they were more t- geared towards school districts and not not really for me. So this was something I found and and it was it was uh, something I've been wanting to do for a while. But but I I'm quite the introvert as as you would say shy and it's hard for me to get out of my shell at times in front of people. But um, I like how how I can talk to everybody on this podcast though. It's it's kind of helping me get through some of that that stuff in my life of course and I don't know I've had I had a lot of anxiety driving down here of course 
beforehand, months months ahead of time, I was really worried about it. And driving to Chicago is something actually that I've never done before, which is quite surprising being so close to Chicago. But I, I just never had the desire to go to Chicago. Um, anyway, I am at a, a design conference, and it's called How Design Live. And it's uh, been pretty amazing so far. I'm here for another couple days. But the, the sessions and, and the boring stuff have actually been pretty interesting and pretty fun which is something I'm not really used to when I go to conferences. It's something that that um, I'm usually kind of bored at. It doesn't interest me as much. I do find a couple, um, as you would say, nuggets to uh, to bring back. But this conference has been pretty amazing. It's kind of empowered me to to almost be be bigger than than I am now and and really do something of big importance maybe in, in my graphics design career. Um, that being said, with just in my job now for sure, I mean, if I'm there for the rest of my life, great. But um, as as I move on in life, it, it's it's kind of been something I've been thinking about. I've kind of hit a, hit a snag, as all of us do at some point. So it's been a pretty good experience here. I, I have to say, if you ever have the chance to, to go to conferences or, or something that really inspires you people that can inspire you from these speeches and stuff i'm i'm just amazed at some people's ability to just push through and and change and and push through anxiety depression all that kind of stuff just to get where they want to be and and put you know just logos on stuff and and make packaging make brochures and and the stuff that uh all of us we look at every day um, you don't realize that there is actually someone behind that idea, and and that's that's me along with a ton of other people, which I I do have to say that kind of humbled me a lot with with this conference is that there are a lot of graphics designers out there. I'm not the only one. It's not all about me. Of course, you live in your little bubble at times when you're at work, but it's uh it, it was it's been quite a humbling experience for sure and. And, uh, but it makes me almost, you know, uh, I guess, so to say, it makes me just very uplifted to, to do, to want to do something else. So, uh, I'm a big, I'm a minnow in a big sea, that's for sure. But, um, as, as art is, it's, it's kind of art is art, you know, you, you, it can be judged in a certain way and people, some people don't like it. That's fine, but I'm going to put my stuff out there hopefully soon and, and get noticed. And, and I, uh, I really love what I do now. I've kind of found that, that it's, it is what I need to do. So kind of a emotional thing for me, I guess, but I'm pretty proud of myself. It's, it's something that, uh, that I'm going to take with me home and, and really put it to use in, in life, but most importantly, my job. So we do have a question in our mailbag. Again, you can send questions to our mailbag, questionabletoreturn.com slash mailbag, or I believe it's mailbag at questionabletoreturn.com. Um, Sports-related, Wisconsin-related, anything on your mind, just let us know. We'll, uh, we'll discuss it any kind of topics possible we talk game of thrones we talk video games we we know a lot we're nerds about everything so 
you have any questions and comments, uh, just let us know, of course, at questionablereturn.com slash mailbag. So the question is from Something Wong. Okay, Something Wrong. Okay, Something Wrong. I got it. I got it. That's very funny. Okay, I bet you this is from Mike. Um, I'm going to have to drill him on that. So Mike, Mike, good one. From Something Wong. Um, so anyway, Mike, uh, asked us, well, asked me, he, I, I thought Andy was going to be here, but he's not. He did give me his answer to this question. And this is something that maybe we should probably, we should probably post this on our Twitter and Facebook. And I think I will after I record this. So just to get your guys' thoughts and we'll talk about it on our next podcast. But from this question, I will transition right into the books. Because it's fresh on my mind. I watched the whole game. Um, so it's, it's pretty exciting for me, uh, being a Bucks fan my whole life, that they are back to the finals again um, for the first time in, well, what is it now, 17 years-ish? Uh, something around there. So twice in my lifetime for the Bucks to go to the finals. So I, uh, it's a big thing in Wisconsin, and we I have to talk about it. Of course, everybody wants to talk about it. So... The question is, in this series, who is the MVP other than Giannis? So, Giannis has had a a huge series, of course. He started off a little rough. Um, they kind of blocked him in in game one. But game two, he started to get going again. He started to get going. Um, they had that huge, huge victory in game two. And... They kind of started to show who, who they really were as a team uh, the whole season, pretty much. And, of course, Giannis is the MVP of this team. He will be the MVP of this team. Um, and he possibly, most likely, I, I think in my eyes, he'll be the MVP of the league. I don't think there's any question about it. He should be the MVP of the league. Harden's had a great year. Uh, we've talked about this in the past, but, I mean... You just look at it how how Giannis changes the game, and he impacts the game in so many ways on the court, but also off the court. How he is as a person is just amazing, I think. And I just think he does so much more for the Bucks and the Bucks community than Harden does. And I know I know community aspect, and it's all about court stuff. But just just knowing that this guy is on our team is just amazing. So so Mike's thoughts on the MVP other than Giannis so far, and this was before game game five, of course, but I don't think it would change for him, is that he, he would say George Hill. So Andy also said his would, his would be Hill or Connaughton. So you look at what Giannis has done before game five. He's, he's averaging... 30 points per game, 34 minutes only. Um, he's not even playing 40 minutes a game. This team has gotten through the Celtics series pretty easily, which is which is great. Um, so he's averaging 30 points per game. Uh, he had 20, I believe, tonight, so that'll probably drop a little bit from from this game five. So he had 20 tonight. He was a plus 33 in the plus minus, which is insane. He uh, had eight rebounds, eight assists. 
two steals, two blocks. So Giannis was a force out there when he was in there. He only played 31 minutes, of course. He he had three fouls. He was uh he still was Giannis. I mean he he was stopped early in the game, but he found guys and they made shots early and they got off to a really quick start. So, but the MVP of course going to Hill. I would say Hill is a pretty good pretty good pick there. Hill was pretty much third on this team in points, 13.8 points per game. He had more than he averaged more points than than Eric Bretzel. Um, if you want to put it that way, Eric and him pretty much split the time at that point guard. They both averaged about 26 minutes per game before game five. Um, game five, Bledsoe uh, had 28 minutes and Hill had 21. So both had around the same points. But coming from your bench, George Hill, that you kind of only thought he would be that voice that, that sometimes he would come in and, and just hold hold pat but he did way more than we ever thought i think he would do and it goes back to that trade the trade back in what was that november ish whatever december i don't remember but getting hill you thought okay hill's great to have that voice of course but you never thought he'd make this kind of impact in the playoffs and he's made such a huge impact and it's because of injuries of course you had sterling brown get hurt Early in this series, you had Brogdon still out, Miritich still coming back. Of course, they put Miritich back in. They put Miritich in the starting lineup, which made I think probably the biggest difference in this series for sure. Uh, game two, Miritich comes in and it's just like lights lights out. Uh, this team starts winning by 20. Um, they get up ahead in the third quarter. They dominate third quarters again, and this game was just a joke in my eyes. It just it was crazy, but George Hill, he he is very well deserving of MVP for uh, other than Giannis for this series. Middleton kind of cooled off after what was that game two? He went he went nuts, I believe. So game two, I think Middleton went nuts, and then he cooled off for quite a bit, which uh, it goes to show that it's pretty amazing what this team can do and has shown in this series with that. When Middleton and Giannis and Bledsoe get in foul trouble in the game four, Hill, Brown, Connaughton, Ilyasova all pick up the slack with playing against pretty much Boston starters. That game four just was telling in that Boston had no chance. Uh, Charles Barkley just was 100% correct when he said that. Um, after, I believe, what was that, game two or something, he said, Bucks are going to win. Celtics have no chance. He actually picked the Bucks to win the finals, too. I don't know if that's a kiss of death. I have no clue if this is the Madden cover or a Sports Illustrated cover, whatever. Um, doesn't matter. I'm just glad that finally somebody is saying and giving, giving props to this team because... What they did to Boston, I think, is just 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 shows what kind of team they are and how deadly they will be come the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, Connaughton, the other guy. I think Connaughton more showed that, and, and Hill's a great pick. I, I agree with Hill for, for Mike and Andy's pick. I, I totally agree with that. Um, Connaughton's my 
probably mine. I and for the only reason in that he he doesn't average a lot of points. That's he had some games where he did average a decent amount, but he only ever averaged eight points before game five. He only scored seven points, so he averages about around eight um, for the five games. And but he played the third most minutes on this team in the, in this series. He didn't start at all. Granted, George Hill didn't start either, but Pat Connaughton didn't start at all. The big thing for me with Connaughton is his energy. He just brings the energy every night. He doesn't care. He just is going to go balls to the walls and just take it to you every single play, and he's going to make you work, which is great. He, You need a guy like that. You need all these guys to play their, their little role. You need... You need Dillis Silva to come in and hit that little bit of three here. You need him to just body up guys all the time, be that defensive force, and take those charges and whatnot, and just frustrate players for the most part. And you need Connaughton. Connaughton's all over the place. He, he I believe, averaged the second most rebounds on this team for this series, which is crazy. You think of Pat Connaughton, he's not going to, what's Pat Connaughton going to do, but he had 11 rebounds. He led the team in rebounds for game five. He had 11 rebounds. Mirtich had 11 rebounds, so they were both tied, but Giannis and Middleton had eight. So it just goes to show that just how unselfish this team is too, because, I mean, you look at it, a lot of these guys play, and a lot of a lot of teams in the playoffs, only run six to seven deep. But the Bucks basically run eight deep and give you so many different looks and make it so hard to score on. They put a guy in your face at all times. They can, they can beat you up with their bench, which is great. And, and maybe things will change. Maybe things will change against the, against the Raptors. Maybe it's going to be a little bit different. But... The Bucks only have two guys that have been averaging over 34 minutes a game. Middleton and Giannis. Other than that, Connaughton's your third most. Uh, Brooke Lopez, who, man, Brooke. Brooke had such a bad, such a bad series. He, he shot, I think, like under 30% from three-point land this, this whole series. And, and I really thought that he would be a difference maker and he would be the reason that we won this series. But obviously, uh, George Hill picked up the slack, and and Connaughton too, and Miritich really, really had a great series. He averaged 11 points, but, but yeah, no, it's it's just pretty amazing. And everybody's saying, well, Kyrie, all about Kyrie, and all about what he's gonna do after this, and his last game in Boston, and all that stuff, and his shooting woes, just continued. They continued to to build every single game, and. Doesn't it really go to how how good this Bucks defense is though? They put a guy on you, they put him in your face. You have inches to to make a shot most of the time. There, there's not many open looks against this Bucks team lately, and because they are eight deep and they trust eight deep, and you got to think Brogdon's back, so they're actually nine deep. So who <laughs> who does Brogdon's Brogdon take minutes from? Uh, when George Hill's having such a good series, I don't know, but it's just um, 
pretty amazing how how defensively how they can shut down anybody. Tatum really didn't have a great series. He he scored here and there. Brown had a decent couple games, I would say. Irving though, I mean, he shot six for twenty one today. He was he had fifteen points only. He didn't show up. He was a negative twenty five. All their starters were just awful. Everybody on their team was awful. Terry Rozier, remember that guy? Bah, he didn't show up. I mean, they had nobody off their bench. They had nobody off their bench to score. So Morris doesn't start today. Baines does. Baines only plays 10 minutes. And you look at it, and it's Morris scores 14 off the bench. Sure, okay, he scored 14 off the bench, but he's usually a starter. And the thing that one thing that the Bucks did today was in Game Five was they shut down their starters. The Celtics finally got something from their bench, but their starters were just awful. They just couldn't hit anything. And the Bucks really proved how 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 much of a complete team they are. They can come at you with Giannis. They can come at you from the three-point line. They can drive and kick. Bledsoe has been so deadly driving. And we have yet to see what <laughs> what Brogdon's going to bring. And albeit, who's going to be? Raptors, Sixers, I don't know. I really don't care right now because I think this team is just on another level right now. I really believe that. I really believe they're going to win possibly in five, six, maybe. But I, I really don't think the Raptors can beat the Bucks. I don't think they're as deep as the Bucks. The Sixers are just a mess right now. I don't I don't really expect them actually to win the series. So just looking at it wise, I really just think if you if you put the Raptors up against the Bucks, the Bucks have proved that they can beat the Raptors. Now of course things cannot go your way at all times. Uh, we'll see when they're faced with some more. Uh, of, of course, the Raptors are a better team, so I guess we'll see what happens when when they're actually challenged in a game because they haven't been challenged all series. The game one, I think it was more of uh, a too much time off, so to say. So they'll actually play play pretty pretty quick off of this win, I would hope, and. Uh, they won't have to rest as much, so we'll see what really happens. But get excited, Bucks fan! I I'm extremely excited. I can't wait for um, this finals, Eastern Conference Finals to start. Um, I'm re-energized <laughs> uh, as a Bucks fan, and I'm I'm glad uh, that I can finally cheer for for this team the way it. I, I should be cheering at all times, but I can finally look forward to, to NBA playoffs, I guess, and, and um, look forward to even the future because this isn't a flash in the pan. This is a team that's going to stick around and, and hopefully really dominate for years to come, and I can't wait to hopefully see him in the finals. We haven't really covered the Brewers as much. Lately, pretty much because of Game of Thrones, I feel uh, personally it's hard for me to to really put my put my effort full effort into watching multiple sports at one time. 
I do my best. I try to watch as much games as I can, of course, but it's very difficult when the Bucks are so good and Game of Thrones are on, to be totally honest. My brain can only handle so much, and I had this work thing going on and, and baseball going on, but baseball for my kids, I should say. So I've been keeping an eye here and there on the Brewers. Um, it's a very long season. Uh, this team started off, of course, blistering pace. Most most of the month of April was just a, a rough go. They played uh, the Dodgers, St. Louis a lot that month. Uh, they played the Angels and the Cubs. But that first month of baseball was, was rough. But the Brewers still came out of it, came out of April, a really tough April, I would say. April was 17 and 14. Can't go wrong there, I don't think, um, with, with the amount of of games versus tough teams. So the first month went a little rough, though, because you had you had some injuries come up. You had your starting pitching. You had to deal with a lot of changes there. You, had, you were hopefully, hoping Burns and Peralta could really um, just stand pat, I would say. not really. You, you're not asking them to do too much, I would think, but they just really failed in, in those spots, and, and that was unfortunate where... Now, now you have May, and it's a it's a new month, and we're hoping to get Jimmy Nelson back, and we've gotten Corbin Burns back. Maybe put him in a better situation in the bullpen. You have Zach Davies. He's four and zero, one point five six ERA, just really dominating that the starting pitching spot, and it's something that uh, we've hoped that could happen with Davies. I mean, his WHIP is one point two, so it's a little high, but He's, he's doing pretty well there, not giving up many home runs, not walking as much, doesn't doesn't overpower guys, of course, but he's been a steady steady arm it, it for the starters, for sure. And then Chassin, he seems to be coming around. We have Woodruff, seems to be kind of leveling out a little bit. He's 4-1 with a 4 ERA. And, uh, but the two guys, Freddie Peralta, Burns, we'll see uh, where they can go from here. So they, they swept the Mets, swept the Nationals, and it's uh, something that you kind of want to see with this team. You want to see them just beat, start, start to beat down teams, start to have some more sweeps, 2-1 to one series, uh, and kind of get back into that upper echelon of the NL um, if you want this team to still be what they were last year because Cubs are leading division right now. They're 9-1 nine and, nine and one in their last 10. They have a run differential of plus 54, so the Cubs seem to have uh, figured it out again, which is kind of scary because you know that St. Louis isn't going to go away. And, of course, they were hot at one point, and now they've kind of cooled off. And, and that's the thing with, with a lot of baseball. The whole season is just ebbs and flows. It's going to be peaks and valleys. You're going to have losing streaks. You're going to have winning streaks. You just hope that those losing streaks aren't as much and you really hope that you're really peaking at the right time like last year Brewers were peaking at the right time obviously you had players just come out and just dominate the second half of the season and as much as you want to be really good in the first half and get off to that blistering start the Brewers have had that before where they've gotten off to that start and it's, it's not worked out as good so I hope 
I hope this team can kind of just hold Pat, stay up near top three, I would say, and uh, see what they can do in the second half for sure because I think the second half will get a little bit easier. You don't have to play the Cardinals as much because you played them so much in the beginning of the season. Well, the next couple games with the Brewers, though, they have the Cubs coming up. We'll see how that goes. We always know those games are pretty crazy. But Cubs, Philly, Atlanta, Cincinnati, Philly. So they have some tough series coming up all the way. So Chicago, Philly, Atlanta is all the way. So it, it could be it could get pretty rough, but hopefully they can keep this ball rolling, take some series out of this, and come out over 500 from the road trip. So before I let you go, I kind of want to talk a little Game of Thrones. So this last episode, we had... So again, spoilers. If you're if you're looking to blast through Game of Thrones, which I don't know how you could even do. Seems impossible to me. I, I There's so much that happens in this show. And so many characters and so many storylines that it'd be difficult to just blast through it and not I don't know retain <laughs> retain what's happened I guess because it's just so mind-boggling how how deep this show goes into each character and and all the plots and whatnot and character arcs and I've, I've just been quite amazed by this show it's probably one of my favorite shows of all time um, especially this kind of genre is right up my alley I, I love like The Hobbit and, and Lord of Rings and all that kind of stuff. I love all kinds of shows, though. Office, and I've talked about it before, but this show has really kind of taken, <laughs> taken. I don't know about the world, but I don't know the numbers on everything, but it's just taken everybody and, and had them sit down and watch because it's, it's just an amazing show. It was a pretty good episode, though, I have to say. Danny's kind of ultimatum to to John in, in that you're not going to tell anybody about who you really are and and he goes out and, and tells. He tells the Starks and tells tells Arya, Sansa, and Bran that, well Bran knows, but Arya and Sansa that he is actually Rhaegar, or he is actually uh, Targaryen, Aegon, Tar- Aegon I believe. I could be totally wrong. I need Mike. I need Mike here. So he's actually a Targaryen. So he tells them, asks for that that promise of you will not tell anybody. But Sansa obviously knows that in the right time, she will tell somebody in that because it kind of, well, obviously Sansa's not in the room. But when when Danny tells John that don't tell anybody or tries to win him over and, and tells him, don't tell anybody he uh she's just kind of almost crazy to be totally honest she's turning into that mad queen that that targaryen in in her is coming out um in that she's she's going from loving now then she goes from like devil not devil but she goes from like demanding that she needs this to happen and you're going to do it otherwise i'm going to kill you pretty much i'm going to burn you with my my dragon so that that is that twist is coming along 
And I think a really big thing with John is, is he's always said, I don't want to be the king. And, and when Varys and him and uh, Tyrion talk, it's at the end of the episode, actually, it that, that scene was really impressive for me. I really loved that talk. I thought it was pretty, pretty important to see where Varys was coming from because he has said in the past that he's that he's there for the people. He's going to follow whatever leader is going to help the people the most. So it's just, it was nice to see, I guess, uh, Varys kind of be human. I don't know. He, he really hasn't, he's done a lot of things and said a lot of things and, and moved in a lot, of, a lot of ways and sneakily and snake snake wise I guess you can say through the through the weeds like a snake um kind of to to hopefully persuade every persuade whoever he is helping at that time whoever leader he's helping at that time to to do the right thing to do do the right thing for the people and he kind of got emotional because he does love Tyrion I guess uh so to say he loves him as a friend of course he thinks of him as a very smart guy in that you know he's gonna do the right thing hopefully, but Tyrion um kind of still I think coming back to their their family, but yeah it's just a matter of like who is Tyrion gonna gonna go with? Are they, is he gonna go with John? Is he gonna go with Danny? Like who are they gonna follow? Who are they gonna help out from now on? Because Danny just seems like she's getting power hungry, and like Varys said he he said you know. What if it's better off having having that that person that doesn't want to be king, doesn't want control, doesn't want to lead, but is a good leader because of that? Because he doesn't have that personal, I want to be here. He's more of, I just, I want to help people. Whereas if, if he's in that throne situation, if he's on the throne, he's going to do what's best for the people then instead of best for him which is what everybody who sat on that throne has done what's best for them, the best for to keep them alive. So it would be not shocking to me if, if John does end up on a throne in the last episode. I I can see that happening for sure. It wouldn't shock me at all. Um, nothing's going to shock me really in this show, of course. But really it's just... Uh, pretty amazing and there's, there's just so much that needs to happen there's so much that that we have to get through and this episode really felt fell flat for me it, it they felt like I felt like they rushed a lot of stuff they could have really they could have really had a couple more episodes and to button up things because what happened with what happened with Jamie and his situation going back to his sister now is he going to go back to kill her is he going to go back to fall in love with her again I guess he's that love runs very deep as I've said before but it's been a uh, uh, quite a ride and there's a lot that happened Tormund left um, unceremoniously I feel <laughs> maybe they should have just killed off Tormund there's a lot of a lot of little things that hopefully I'll get to talk to the guys about and then kind of work off of them but if you any have any comments about Game of Thrones please send them in to questionable to return dot com slash mailbag and uh we'll definitely uh roll you with your comments too on each episode join us join us on this journey with the ending of game of thrones i know a lot of you people watch it out there so so it's just uh such a big show and amazing show and 
it, it really tugs at everybody's tugs at everybody's heartstrings and feelings and and um can't wait for the next one for sure so with that i think i'm gonna head out i'm gonna head to bed um my air just kicked on again i've always when i come in a hotel room i turn it down to about 62 if it can go that low this one only goes to 65 so it's really disappointing i really make it an ice box i don't know why i just sleep better in the cold because i am a a northerner like Tormund. i have a, the heart of a northerner so i need to get back into wisconsin i am out of my realm in the south here in um you know king's landing which is chicago it's just too big for me i don't like it too many people too many cars too much politics i'm sure there's a mad queen somewhere in chicago um everybody is raving about pizza this deep dish pizza in chicago and i don't like it i, I had one it wasn't as good as tanuda's if you if you come near Kenosha, go to Tenuta. Trust me, you're not gonna be disappointed by their pizza. Can't wait to get home. Can't wait to to see the fellas next time. Uh, we will we will be back. I believe we're gonna do an episode coming up pretty quick here. Um, we might not have. Uh, we'll hopefully have a preview of the Eastern Conference Finals and the maybe the western conference finals so we'll talk about brewers some more we'll we'll start watching them some more get get more insight on on the brewer season so far again second place can't go wrong they just keep keep it going up for sure keep up the heat keep turning up the heat brewers and uh let's uh get everybody get on the buck side this team's amazing they're they are a, a team um they're not a team of one player as we've seen in the past with past NBA teams. Uh, the Warriors more are, are a team also. So I'd love to see. Bucks Warriors would be a lot of fun, I feel. Maybe not. Maybe we get swept. But um, I think Bucks Warriors would be probably the best that the NBA would would get in a long time for sure. Um, a LeBron-less finals. So thanks again, as Mike would say, goodbye everybody, and I don't have a calling, adios, farewell, Alvita sing. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at QuestionableToReturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash QuestionableToReturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter for Andy at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike at Mike R. Daly. And Pete at P. Cozy with a K, Junior J.R. Please consider giving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know. 